Skrulls are the bad guys. And you're a Kree, a race of noble warriors. Heroes. Noble warrior heroes. Hello and welcome to another edition of Film Seizure at the Movies. I'm Jeff Arbuckle. Uh, and uh, before we dive into uh, what probably most people clicked on this to listen to, uh, let me do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, you can listen to new episodes of the regular uh, every week episodes of Film Seizure with myself and Jason Oliver on Wednesdays. Uh, you can catch those at filmseizure.com. You can also listen to us through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. We also upload our episodes to YouTube as well. And also on Mondays, I do a thing on FilmSeizure.com called Monster Mondays, where I uh, talk for about, uh, oh, about 12 to 15 minutes about a particular monster movie, talk about the things I like about it. Uh, no matter how good or bad that movie is, I always find three things that I like about it and talk about it there. Um, and like I said, you can catch all of those at filmseizure.com, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google play and tune in. So, uh, be sure to check us out there. You can also, uh, subscribe to all of those places and, uh, get notified right away when, uh, new episodes or new, uh, uh, podcast, uh, whether it's the film seizure, the film seizure at the movies or monster Mondays when they are published. So. Uh, let's get to business here. Uh, this week, a little studio called Marvel released uh, their 21st film. So, that, you know, they're really kind of, you know, they're fledgling. They're just getting up and started. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're getting the money where they can to make these movies over the last 10 or 11 years. You know, I'm kidding. It's the, the first of the major blockbusters that are due out this year. It's Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel. Uh, and I think it was only right for me to talk about this because if you listen to film seizure on a regular basis, you know, that, uh, in our 2018 year in review, I picked, uh, Marvel's, uh, infinity war movie, uh, the Avengers infinity war movie as my number one movie of 2018. Uh, we joked about me being kind of a Marvel shill. I can't help it. I grew up reading Marvel. I'm a Marvel zombie. I'm perfectly okay with that. But. What does that mean when I go in looking at a new Marvel movie? Well, I have one basic criteria. Does it feel like it fits with the rest of the universe? I'm one of those guys who even the uh, lesser movies, like maybe some of the Iron Man sequels or the Thor, the first couple of Thor movies, uh, or some of the movies that didn't quite catch on with people quite the same way, I still like those movies. So, you know, we're talking about now a 21 movie universe that much like the Bond movies, you know, you have your favorites, you have your lessers, you have the ones that you like that are just happen to fall into the middle of the road. Um, so, you know what? I'm not one who is, uh, I'm going to admit right off the bat, I'm not one who's very critical about the Marvel movies. That said, uh, you know, going into um, Captain Marvel, you know, it seemed like the natural next person to bring to the screen. Uh, over the last uh, five to ten years or so, Marvel has really been bolstering the character of Captain Marvel, in particular the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel in the comics. So it only makes sense that she finally gets her own movie, particularly after the success of Wonder Woman a couple of years back. 
Um, naturally, people are going to compare Wonder Woman with Captain Marvel, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's kind of not really going to get you anywhere because these are two different types of movies. They work in two different um, uh, universes. They, they deal with two different tones, uh, and that's something I'm going to definitely talk about here in a moment. But Captain Marvel as a character is pretty convoluted, uh, particularly in the whole history of comic books as uh, there have been several Captain Marvels uh, between a couple of different uh, publishing companies, particularly DC and Marvel. And really all that's really most important is that there was a alien race called the Kree who sent an emissary in the form of a guy named Marvel to Earth to basically uh, really basically find out if Earth is able to be brought into the Kree Empire. They were embroiled in a galaxy-spanning battle with uh, the Scrolls, or at least they were later on in the Marvel Universe story. But they were, but the Kree were humanoid people who uh, really could kind of blend in relatively well with humans. Uh, but were their intentions always as honorable and as heroic as they made it seem? Eh, that's as time went on. No, they really weren't. Um, at one point, a rival to Marvel uh, by the name of Jan Rog uh, was going to try to kill him. Uh, and Carol Danvers, a uh, Earth woman who was in the Air Force, who uh, had uh, a relationship with Marvel, kind of got caught in the middle. And through a very science fiction y doohickey thing, she got uh, merged with some Cree. Uh, essence, uh, some DNA basically from Marvel, and throughout the 70s, she operated as Ms. Marvel. Later in the 80s, she would take on other names like, uh, like Warbird, Binary, uh, as her powers kind of manifested in different ways, and as, as Marvel was trying different things with her, uh, they, they tried different aliases for her and so forth. Uh, by uh, 2008, 9, 10, somewhere along there, maybe it was even as late as 2011 or 12, uh, she took up the mantle as Captain Marvel as a uh, tribute to her uh, fallen friend and loved one, Marvel, uh, who had since died from, uh, from cancer. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> uh, but that basically leads us to where we are today with Carol Danvers uh, making her big screen debut with Captain Marvel. Um, I will say uh, one thing that uh, might be a little bit of a critique here, one thing that uh, I struggled with in the first eh, 10 to 20 minutes of the movie, uh, but it plays itself out really well and actually ultimately becomes something I like quite a bit, but it's something I do like to warn people of if they're going into the movie. Uh, the first 15 or 20 minutes are very disjointed. It's uh, you're, you're kind of shown flashes of a past life. You're shown uh, her being uh, her dealing with her fragmented memories. Um, you know, she's she kind of got picked up by the Cree six years ago and trying to understand who she is, where she fits into things, what she's seeing, what she's trying to um, deal with in her own brain. 
you're kind of thrown into that in the first, uh, what I would say, the reel, the first reel of the movie, the first 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, ultimately, uh, that starts to settle down as you kind of get your footing once she lands on Earth and you begin kind of puzzling through those disjointed memories of her uh, of her former life. You're kind of in it with Carol at that point, and you're, you kind of begin to understand uh, what she's dealing with. So it might be tough for some people to find their footing in the first uh, bit of the movie, in the first uh, act, I guess, uh, but it does settle down as she kind of starts working with Nick Fury, um, she starts understanding what her past was, what her place is in the, the Cree, uh, military and so on and so forth. It really starts to settle itself into a coherent and actually pretty fun movie. So with that out of the way, I do want to talk a little bit about the stuff that I really liked about this movie. First, it's got a pretty good 90s soundtrack. Uh, but it has an entire 90s aesthetic. This movie takes place in 1995, which uh, has the opportunity to do a couple of things. It, it also helps to kind of set the tone of what the Marvel Universe looked like some 25 years ago. Um, you know, Captain America kind of set up the beginning of the Marvel Universe back in World War II, this is now kind of the in-between phase where there's a lot of stuff we don't know about. And it'd be kind of interesting to see where they take that down the line, particularly uh, as we get closer and closer to possibly Marvel consolidating all of their properties under the Disney banner uh, since Fox sold, uh, uh, sold their entertainment properties to Disney. So it'll be interesting to see how they might be able to fill in some of that other timeline but uh, this kind of shows you a young Nick Fury who at this time is just a kind of a peon agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's mostly a, a desk guy, as we see at the end of the movie. Uh, when he first shows his, um, his uh, ID, he shows as a level three uh, operative, which uh, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. has up to level 10. So he's a pretty low on the, on, on the totem pole guy. Uh, agent Coulson's there. Uh, he is, uh, I think, a rookie. I think they make reference to at least. He's he's just been assigned as Nick Fury's partner. Uh, so he's green. He's not as uh, as sure of himself as he is later, uh, particularly in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series that you saw him uh, after the Avengers movie came out. So, you know, you get some of that idea of what the Marvel Universe kind of looked like. Um, it, this movie like I said, has that 90s aesthetic. It doesn't just hit you over the head with a lot of references. It does do that to help keep you in mind of this is the 90s, this is the 90s. But um, it does, uh, it, it begins to show itself as being lit, shot, and kind of constructed like a 90s action-y sci-fi type of movie. If there were really good comic book movies in the 90s which for the most part there really weren't they would have looked like this um so marvel is really good at setting that tone um much as they did with like the guardians of the galaxy that has a very 70s kind of aesthetic to it because that's the only thing that star lord really can hold on to was the stuff that his mother would tell him about or, or the music she shared with him this kind of follows that same idea 
it doesn't quite lean all the way into the comedy that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy does, but it does have a very light uh, tone to it while still having a, an underbelly that is very, uh, that, that's very impactful to the Marvel Universe and has a lot of weight that it carries with it, even though on the surface it's a pretty light uh, movie. Um, the characters are extremely likable in this movie. Um, I know there's a lot of crap out there about Brie Larson and all of the stuff. If you, if you pay any attention to the, the, the social element of all of that, it's whatever. It, it's not something I even like to, to even think too much about the fact that I even brought it up here. I'm kind of disappointed in myself. She's extremely likable as Carol. Uh, she has, uh, an attitude that, that you would expect from somebody who was was raised always being told that she's not good enough compared to her brothers. Um, she, you know, is always fighting for her place in the Air Force and with, uh, you know, and having the jockey with other uh, kind of alpha male type of characters. They don't really push that social element too much, but you get the impression that, you know what, she has to kind of have this bravado about her to fit in almost anywhere. Um, you know, even with the Cree, she does not seem as tough and as uh, capable as some of the, you know, natural Cree lady soldiers that, that kind of hang out with, uh, with Jude Law's group. Um, there's some interesting takes on uh, refugees, on war, on, you know, things that are uh, kind of prescient right now, uh, or, you know, would end up being prescient to, uh, if it really did come out in the nineties to the present day and how we deal with, um, uh, displaced people, how we deal with, um, people who have some, um, military might or possibly some, um, not, not, uh, not theological right to be able to, to, to conquer, but, a, a sense of, you know, we are the conquering, we are the strongest, so therefore we conquer uh, those people who are enemies. Uh, this is what they look like, and this is how they, you know, this is how they will, uh, you know, tear you apart from the inside. It's, it's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of subtext there about those types of things. And it's, it's really an interesting uh, way that they, that they kind of sprinkle that into a movie that has a pretty light tone. Um, also, uh, you have, uh, goose, the cat who is this orange tabby cat that, that showed up in the, in the trailers that becomes friends with Nick Fury. Uh, goose is just an awesome little character an awesome little fun thing to add to the movie. Um, it, it's, uh, it's nice to see a cat be kind of treated this way and, and kind of given this, uh, this kind of heroic, uh, uh persona, if you will. Uh, just because most of the time you see that reserved for dogs and, and, and stuff like that. So as a cat person, I really appreciated that. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you've got a pretty solid 90s buddy action flick with, with Carol and Nick uh, trying to help her figure out what she is, what her life on Earth was why she was taken by the Kree and given the powers that she has. It's, it's a really pretty good, fun little action movie. And if you're a fan of movies, particularly action movies made in the nineties, um, I think you'll, you'll pick up on that, uh, on that kind of aesthetic that I talked about here in this movie. 
there are some really important things that always get asked about uh, when it comes to Marvel movies. The very first thing is prepare for a little bit of a tearjerker at the very beginning of the movie. Uh, usually you see the Marvel logo and it's the different Marvel characters and so on and so forth. Well, this time they did an entire Stan Lee Marvel Studios opening with a uh, nice little uh, send off and a thank you to, to Stan for uh, what he did. And, you know, we can argue semantics over who created what, who gets credit for what. It doesn't really matter. Ultimately, Stan Lee sold Marvel Comics to the world and was an ambassador to comics long after uh, comic books had kind of lost its its uh, pop culture zeal in the uh, particularly, you know, from the 80s, 90s and beyond. Uh, he was always uh, an ambassador for comics and, and without him, the Marvel Universe wouldn't exist as it does today. And it certainly wouldn't exist on the big screen. Uh, that was really touching and a really nice thing to see there. Uh, the one thing that people always will ask about, what about those mid and post credit scenes? Uh, you definitely want to see the, uh, the mid credit scene that ties directly into the big bad boy that's coming in just six weeks, Avengers Endgame. You'll definitely want to check that out to see how uh, Captain Marvel fits into the future of the Marvel Universe in the next Avengers movie. Um, then uh, there's a little coda, much like how uh, Ant-Man kind of followed the same thing. The mid credit scene tied into what's going on in the present day Marvel Universe. Um, there's a coda at the end that's just kind of a fun little extra uh, kind of uh, punctuation on this movie, if you will. So um, definitely, uh, you know, it's it's definitely worth sitting around through the entire credits. Um, plan your bathroom breaks accordingly because you don't want to miss any of that stuff that, that comes after the movie. But, uh, but overall, uh, you know, being a fan of all 21 movies now, including this one, where does this fall? I, I don't know. Uh, when I first saw Black Panther, the first viewing... I knew that there was something important there. I certainly understood the social importance being in a, in a theater that was at the very least 40% African-American uh, and seeing their reaction to it. I knew that there was something there. Um, I needed to see it a couple of more times to really kind of understand how special the whole thing was, uh, not just on the social level, but what the movie really was like. And uh, still, I'm going to still have my top tier favorite Marvel movies and I'm going to have Marvel movies that I don't like quite as much, but still enjoy. Uh, this, I would say, just from instant first impressions, this is a solid right in the middle. Um, and saying a middle-of-the-road Marvel movie is still like saying this is still going to be probably something that I will at the very least still mention as we do our 2019 year in review a year from now. Um, so it's still going to be something that's going to weigh heavy on my mind and something I'm still going to like to revisit and watch multiple times over. Uh, so even saying that it's a middle of the road Marvel movie, at least upon first viewing, that's not a slight on this movie at all. Um, this movie knows what it wants to be. It knows what it wants to say. And I think it does it really, really well without, um, uh, without retconning anything or changing anything that we know about the, the beginnings of the Marvel universe. Again, Marvel studios knows what they're doing. And, uh, I, I definitely recommend this. So with that, 
Uh, I'm going to bring to close this uh, episode or this outing of Film Seizure at the Movies. Uh, we, we probably will be doing this again uh, in a couple of weeks with us. Uh, either Jason or I, or maybe both of us, might talk about that one. Um, then in April, I mean, there's there's stuff like Pet Cemetery and Shazam coming out that uh, that I'm sure we'll want to to discuss. I know that in six weeks I will be doing an episode about uh, Avengers Endgame because there's no way I'm not going to want to talk about that. Uh, so look for that on the horizon. Other than that, um, you know, you know that every Monday we have Monster Mondays. Every Wednesday we have Film Seizure episodes. You can catch those on FilmSeizure.com and all of those other places that I mentioned before, iTunes, Google Play, um, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can subscribe to us there. We also post everything. Uh, we upload everything to SoundCloud. You can subscribe to us there as well. Um, and then you can be notified whenever something new comes out. Uh, but until the next time, uh, I'm Jeff Arbuckle. Uh, I look forward to talking about uh, another movie soon and uh, hope you enjoy Captain Marvel and have a good one. I keep having these memories. Something in my past is the key to all of this.